What's up, NBA fans? Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight uh, are Luke Alves. What's up, Luke? Hey, man. How you doing? Pretty good, man. Can't complain. And uh, Jawan Carter. What's up, Jawan? Hey, what's going on? Uh, Nothing much, man. Just ready to talk some NBA basketball, though I must admit I'm a little... uh, Worse for wear um, after we got episode four of the NBA Finals um, again. But uh, but before we get into that, um, I just want to briefly kind of touch on um, a serious subject that happened last week. Um, you know, we haven't had a show since then, so we haven't really had a chance to cover it. Um, Sterling Brown, um, a young rookie player for... The Milwaukee Bucks was recently assaulted and unlawfully detained by Milwaukee police officers. Um, he is uh, essentially uh, suing the Milwaukee Police Department and um, Prop Sterling Brown. I hope you get um, get the get the justice that uh, you seek. Um, but I wanted to rope this in. Um, to kind of a larger topic at hand. Um, obviously, we're an NBA podcast, but the NFL has has recently, um, you know, come out with you know the fact that they're forcing they're now forcing um, their players to stand uh, for the national anthem, uh, which in and of itself is not a big deal. Um, the NBA does it. It's, it's a rule that you must stand for the national anthem. Um, but it's the timing, obviously, that's that's questionable. Um, and uh, I had a buddy of mine who, very conservative, um, uh, very, very big Second Amendment guy, um, but a guy I've known for a long time and, and a really good dude. Um, his name's Tanner. And uh, I just wanted to take a, a couple minutes to read something that he posted up the other day. Um, it's, uh, it's something that I thought was, was really awesome. It uh, kind of like came at the right time for me uh, to read something that was very positive. Um, and I think it shows um, maybe, a, you know, a, a changing of the guard in this country where I think more and more people are kind of waking up and, and seeing, you know, maybe, you know, what it's like to, or at least being able to picture what it's like to be uh, a minority in this country. Um, so uh, he had this to say, uh, May 27th. Uh, I understand why people are upset with taking a knee during the national anthem. Being a veteran, I understand the patriotic side that thinks it is inexcusable, and normally you would never catch me taking a knee. However, in the middle of all this fighting and name-calling, we could have been talking about the the issue and creating change. Maybe to get everyone to stand and be proud of their country, we need to take a hard look at why they are kneeling. Everyone knows the police force is just like the military. They are brothers and sisters, and they look after each other even if it means lying, planting, creating false charges, or covering up uh, unnecessary force. Yes, there are good cops out there, and I don't even think it is the police officer's fault. But somewhere along the lines, police have been given too much power. They get to investigate themselves and clear themselves of any wrongdoing. This is not what our founding fathers would have wanted. They wanted a republic where there was just enough government to protect the American people's constitutional rights, Police were never created to harass low-income areas, and due to completely different issues, African Americans are usually uh, those that are in the low-income areas and being targeted and profiled. 
We have made strides in keeping police accountable, like the body cam, but continue to turn off the cams. Uh, but they continue to turn off the cams and lie that the batteries ran out or the audio was turned off, etc. There needs to be consequences and there needs to be action. We need to fix this issue. Every American should feel comfortable with an interaction with police, not terrified. Um, so props to Tanner, man. Uh, again, my buddy Tanner posted that. Um, I told him I, I wanted to read it on the show because it, it really, um, really kind of uh, got me. He's just, you know, uh, a veteran. Um, you know, he, he's he's the kind of person who you would probably think you would probably say, oh, I'm sure he's offended by the kneeling. But it's like, yeah, I I don't like, I don't, I may not agree with how they're going about the protest, but, you know, I can see what they're protesting is, is very just and something needs to be done about it. So, um, but just your thoughts in general, uh, before we get into the big topics, uh, start with you, Juwan. Um, uh, what, what are your thoughts about, uh, you know, the Sterling Brown's case, um, and a broader picture of how the NBA seems to be, you know, very, very active and, and progressive in handling these kind of issues, whereas the NFL, you know, kind of tends to not be. Um, I just, I, I guess the best way to say it is the NBA just has their finger, uh, their thumb on the pulse of, of what's going on in the NFL uh, that is largely run by the owners and, less, uh, and, and it's less run by the commissioner, more run by the owners. Um, it's, it's whatever the owners say. So if the owners are all guys who don't believe in the nailing, who find it highly offensive, um, it seems like the commissioner has no choice but to back it. Uh, even though I could have sworn he had more power than it seems like he does. Um, you know, the NFL just, again, they just continuously don't get it right. Um, my biggest issue there, I'm going to pass it back to you because I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, is we we make a huge deal on um, Kaepernick kneeling. And now I don't mean to say that to sound insensitive to those that the kneeling does offend uh, for the proper reason. Um, my only issue with that is no one, and I mean no one, and I might have missed it, so I'll go ahead and say that. But Tim Tebow kneeled almost every game, every game, did it in college, and he did it in uh, his pro career. And the reasoning uh, that he did it, um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but no one really had a problem with it. No one had it any kind protest. of issues with it. It was the protest ahead, abortion. Sorry. That's why he Okay, so there you go. The protest abortion. So there you go. Um, and I could say that that's, that's an issue that, um, you know, doesn't really deserve getting into at this point, but – no one really got into it. And he would kneel at different parts of the game, beginning, uh, when he won at the end. So the guy was just kneeling throughout the game. And I don't recall anyone making any issues about that. I actually recall words like role model and, you know, great patriot, stuff like that being something that was thrown around uh, for Tim Tebow. So I, I don't know. My biggest issue is the media is the one that made uh, that spotlight that uh, put a spotlight on Kaepernick kneeling. Kneeling, uh, well, first of all, players at the beginning of games wasn't something that they really focused on unless it was the Super Bowl. It was something that they would very quickly shine, you know, just put the camera on them and then go back to whether it's 
um, you know, the, someone singing or, you know, planes going by. So the, the media put the camera on Kaepernick and then decided to hold it there and then begin to make it a story. So, I mean, right. what it's become is only responsible, you know, the media is responsible for making it everything it's become. Um, so, I mean, you know, that's just how things have always been. But to me, my biggest issue is it, it just seems as though what he's representing is the issue that these owners are having rather than um, actually looking and seeing how they can help what he's trying to bring uh, awareness to. So NBA and Adam Silver, just since he got in, he just seems to always have his thumb on the pulse of what's happening, and he's more player-driven uh, than yeah. owner-driven. So, I mean, NFL, like, I, like we said before, Nick, uh, I really feel like the NFL in maybe 20 – 15 to 20 years really won't be anywhere near as big as uh, what basketball will start to evolve itself into. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you pretty much, um, you know, I think you, you, you hit a big reason as to why, um, and, and not just the commissioners are more player, uh, or, or just not just that Adam Silver is more player oriented, but the National Basketball Association in and of itself is more player oriented. Um, whereas the um, NFL is a lot more owner and team oriented. Um, I mean, you see that with, with, you know, the salaries and contract guarantees and the fact that most NFL players don't get big, large guaranteed, you know, sums of money in the form of their contracts unless they're quarterbacks. Um, So like, I think the, the players association uh, seems to be a lot more widely respected in the National Basketball Association as opposed to the National Football League. Um, so I think that kind of, you know, has a, has a large play in that as well. Um, but, uh, uh, Luke, what are your thoughts on, you know, kind of the way the NBA is, is trending versus the way the NFL is trending and do you expect to see any changes with, you know, how, it, how it's going for the NFL? Uh, I mean, I agree completely uh, with Juwan. I mean, you hit it on the the head with uh, with the whole like football. The commissioner has definitely got the owners backs. I mean, that's who's paying them. And NBA is all about the players. I mean, you have all these big names. They always are very quick to action, the call to anything that just needs to be brought up. And uh, I've been telling all my friends, I, I mean, you gave them a good 15 years. I, the way NFL has been going and the numbers of the NBA have going, it's NFL is trickling down. They are not helping themselves at all. They keep on digging a bigger and bigger hole. Everything just with NFL just, just all pile on top of each other. They just, they've dug such a big hole. I don't see it. And NBA, I mean, NBA is doing great. I mean, you got to look at it too. The biggest stars in the NBA, you've never really seen them in the media. Nothing bad, nothing happening with the NBA. MLB, you know, you have your steroids and PEDs. So it's like NBA is the only one that's been doing really good. Players are getting paid right now. We're not good. I, I say, I mean, it's been a while. I mean, I'm, I'm young too, but I think NBA is heading into a golden age and it's going to definitely surpass the NFL. I mean, the numbers this year for – uh, viewership of the playoffs have been out of this out of this world. So, I just it's sad what the NFL is doing. I mean, they've had so many chances to get it right, we think, and they just keep on getting it wrong. And it's just like <clears throat> everything else. But yeah, 
NBA's definitely, yeah. it's like you guys said, NBA's definitely got their players' backs, and you can tell. Yeah, well, absolutely. Go ahead, Juan. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, um, to, to what Luke is saying, the reason why I said 15 to 20 is I feel as though the owners would, uh, like, let's say five, ten years in, NBA just starts to crush the NFL as far as ratings. Um, I think the owners would then call for the removal of Goodell. So I think they would switch. They would, they would get a new commissioner to see if that would be something that could improve the numbers. Like, I feel as though the NFL – in about 10 to 15 years, we'll try to get very creative as far as how to, to grow their fan base, what new creative things they can think of. And I think one of them will be soon they'll have to get rid of Goodell. Like, that'll, he'll just have to go. Um, and then I feel as though whoever comes in would buy the, you know, buy the NFL at least another five, maybe ten years of good grace. And then if they can't overcome the NBA at that point, then that's it. they're they're on their way out. They're completely on their way out. But I, I think fifteen to twenty years is I'd say fifteen uh, less twenty years. Fifteen is reasonable enough to think that the NFL can at least hold steady, um, if not change things to make it uh, more enjoyable for people who have completely shut out NFL in their lives because of what happened. Um, but I, I think fifteen is reasonable because I think they will get desperate enough to fire Goodell and try to do something new and inventive with the new commissioner to try to buy back the good grace. Yeah, and the numbers are still heavily in in NFL's favor. Like, the gap has right. been bridged by a large margin, but there's still a very, very large margin in between. I mean, football's still by far the most popular sport in America. They should um, say fantasy. Fantasy saves football yeah. a lot of numbers. That's the whole yeah. reason I watch football, my fantasy yeah. team. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That that goes a long way. Um, and I think also one other thing that you have to have to look into is the fact that out of the three major sports in the U.S., those being basketball, football, and baseball, football is by far the most dangerous to uh, players' health. So I think that will eventually have an impact on the sport of football as well, like going forward. Um you know, that's just it's just kind of undeniable. There's been too many um, studies that have come out that have, you know, kind of uh, proven long-term brain damage from all these different players. Um, and, you know, I think that's something that, that is always kind of in in the background uh, that's always going to be a problem for them. That's that's not a PR problem. That's a sport problem, you know. So that's, that's always going to be there. Whereas basketball... I mean, yeah, you can you can roll your ankle, or you know, if you're, you know, in in really bad shape, like a Brandon Roy or something, you can have like a knee that just won't like allow you to play the game. Oh but, man, you know, you're gonna you, say that. You're not getting. Sorry, man, but that that's true, I man. Love he would Brandon have Roy. Oh, dude, I know, he, I he love was great. Yeah, I did too. He was great. I love but, him too. Like, but like you know what y'all know what I'm saying? Like essentially, you're not getting hit in the head time after time after time. So it's a big big difference. Um, but Joel is joining us now. Uh, Joel Jimenez, what's up, dude? What is good, my brother? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, I know. Very, very well. Um, so what are your thoughts, man? NFL versus NBA, um, you know, uh, as far as, um, you know, the two trajectories of, of their respective leagues. And um, and we kind of started this off with mentioning, uh, you know, Sterling Brown, um, uh, 
Milwaukee Bucks being unlawfully detained um, and assaulted by the Milwaukee police officers. So if you have anything to add there, um, feel free. I mean, um, you guys nailed a lot of it. I do think that um, I think football is going to be fine. I think they're going to the numbers are are always going to be consistent. I think times are changing though, uh, and apparently they're still kind of stuck in the old school. Um, basketball has definitely been more progressive in that way. Um, they've always kind of been in that, in that regard. Um, but it is kind of sad about what happened with the whole rule about the kneeling thing, and I don't. I I don't think I don't get the whole idea behind that. It's a, it's a mess. It's a protest that got just completely changed, like turned on its head, and yeah. um, it's it just it irks me because it's like people just don't get it, and there's so many things came out of that, and it's like you can't. I mean, it's pointless almost. But in the end, people still want to watch football. They'll say they're not going to watch this, they're not going to support that. But in the end, like Abu was saying. Fantasy is king, bro. Like everybody plays fantasy, and it's fun. Fantasy is a fun thing to do. Like I watch more football now than I think I ever have because of fantasy. Um, yeah, I don't really care who's kneeling, who's not kneeling, and I, he's not doing it out of disrespect. Um, so that's really all that matters to me. Because I remember the first time he did it, and he, he was sitting. You know, initially it was sitting, and it did. I did. I did yeah. take, take offense to that. Um, but after I heard what was going on, and then he eventually changed it to kneeling. I was like, okay, I get it. I understand what he's trying to say. I don't – well, I'll let it go. It's whatever. I don't really care. Um, and for me, kneeling has never been a bad thing. I don't know when that became a bad thing to kneel. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, but it is what it is. Everyone took it their own way. And like what Joanne jo- jo- was saying, that Tebow used to kneel all the time. I don't remember when he was kneeling, but he did kneel a lot. <laughs> he did kneel a lot. That was, yeah. was kind of his thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think in time the NBA will – probably surpass the NFL only because of the fact that it's not just an American sport. Like it's American football right. for a reason. And yes. the NBA is global, man. Like I wish yeah. they like show those like tournaments, those cup tournaments for like different continents. Like I would love to see those like on national television more often. Even though I know the time zone's a little wacky. But it'd be really cool to watch that. It's it's just it's it's second to me in the world. It has I mean for me at least, because after soccer there are more bas- people know basketball players. China is one of the biggest countries in the world. They love basketball in China. Yeah. Uh, they're big. Basketball's big in Europe. It's big in South America, and of course, it's big here. And to me, NBA is currently probably second in in the U.S., but that's only for now. Uh, they've they've ri- they've risen through the ranks. They're becoming the most popular sport, and I think it's just a matter of time before it eventually overtakes it. Because football, and it also comes down to injuries. Like a lot of people don't want to play, like take their kids and have them play football because they have short career spans and the whole thing with the CTEs and all that extra shit. So yeah, NBA is definitely on the rise, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and that's a great point that you bring that it is a global sport because I mean, football certainly is not that. I mean, it is it is pretty much quintessentially a North American sport. Um, right. and, and pretty much nowhere else. So like, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a very good point. I mean, basketball is, is, you know, something that's obviously, you know, popular here, popular in Europe, popular, um, in China. Um, and it's gaining more popularity, you know, in, in various different areas. I mean, um, essentially it, it was the popularity of the game and it, spreading out, which is the whole reason why Joel Embiid is an NBA player today, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, 
it was like just that camp that was it Bob Mute was putting on where he discovered yeah. him, I think. Yeah. Bob Mute. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like, you know, that, I mean, that's just all of that has to do with the popularity of the sport and like, yeah, it's just going to, it's going to keep going. And you know what? Uh, uh, it's fucking awesome because it's my favorite sport. So. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, I love it. Like, I've I've had so many arguments about that because like, oh, NBA. I think he's not a basketball guy, but I'm like, bro, it's not already the most popular sport. One of the most popular sports is higher than baseball because was like, I was trying to find you. Yeah. It's not more popular than baseball. I'm like, yes, it is. It's way more popular than baseball. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. higher than baseball now. Um, but anyway. Uh, uh, very, very good uh, um, discussion. Uh, but let's move on. We got a lot of stuff to cover. Um, first things first. Let's get into uh, Game Seven, Cleveland, Boston. Pretty much, LeBron took over. Um, and as I recall, I think um, uh, 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 Green actually showed up and played like well uh, in in you know, in the absence of Kevin Love. Uh, and they mm-hmm. had a few other guys who hit timely shots. I think J.R. hit, you know, a, a few big shots. Corver hit a big one down the stretch. Um, he basically got a li- just enough out of each of those guys um, to be able to close it out. And unfortunately for Boston, it, they just looked they looked like a young team, like like – I don't want to say they they look like they weren't ready for the moment, but they definitely look like you look like the kind of team where it was like, man, like you you need a, you need a guy like you need like you're really missing Kyrie Irving right now. Um, Rozier struggled heavily. I think he was 0 for 10 from three or 0 for nine somewhere in that range. Um, struggle. I think he only had four points. Yeah. Uh, now our boy Tatum. Tatum tried, like man, that cat, that cat is so good, um, and he he certainly tried, um, but you know when it all came down to it, they just couldn't they just couldn't score enough because um, defensively they played fine. I mean they played LeBron as well as you can play LeBron. They they you know Jeff Green had a good game, but nobody like went off like no I I think he was the second leading scorer with like 16 or something, um, but nobody went off crazy. Um, they just couldn't. They just couldn't score enough points. Um, but Luke, I want to start with you on this one. My condolences, sir. Um, but y'all do have a bright future. Um, but what were your thoughts on on Game Seven? Oh no, man. I mean, don't feel bad. I mean, in the end, it sucks that we lost. But like you said, dude, there's a lot to come out of this game. And first things first is I finally. I mean, I've been saying this, and this can finally put the rest to all the people that have been saying. Oh, you should trade Kyrie Irving because you have Rozier, and you should tra- trade Kyrie for this player and this player. This is a proof. This just shows you. This game seven shows you why we need Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward too. We need we needed the closer, but Kyrie just one of the best closers in the game. So it really, just showed our youth just came came to us, which stinks. I mean, if we played really great defense, if you really look at it, it was in the 60s at the end of the third. So it's really just a defensive kind of game. No one was really scoring. It was just the fourth quarter. You saw the youth just came out in them. They kept on trying to shoot a bunch of yeah. threes and missing instead mm-hmm. of trying to go to the basket. What really killed me is, like you said, Jason Tatum had one heck of a game. I mean, I told my buddy, for us to win, Jason Tatum was about to have to do something to put himself in my history. I was like, 
score 29 points to like to the 30s and go toe to toe with LeBron and stamp himself. I mean, he almost did it. He had 25. There's that one yeah. series where he just had dunked, and then he comes down and he does that sidestep three, and we go up by one. And then for some odd reason, the Celtics and everything just everyone stopped giving him the ball and everything. And for the next yeah. three minutes, he didn't see the ball. Then they go on this run. Bet next time they finally give Tatum the ball. It's a rush play, and he turns it over. So it was just youth, but in the end, it was just really exciting. I mean, we had a team like this that was run by just a bunch of – I mean, Al Horford really showed that he was really – he was the anchor for us, showed a lot, and we went seven games with the best player right now of our generation. And we had a rookie mm-hmm. that dunked on him that acted like that was no big deal and then went yeah. up to him and chest bumped him. Did you all see LeBron's face where he was just like – Okay, young buck, like, damn, you just did this? Like, you kind of looked like he knew it was Tatum. No one else would be doing this to you, but he's like, yo, what the fuck? But, yeah, dude, I mean, in the end, I'm excited. I hope the Celtics, we can retain everyone, re-sign Baines and Smart. Let's just keep the team pat, and let's see what we got next year because I'm not really worried about any team. I mean, I we went seven games with LeBron. We beat Philly without either of those guys. So not really worried about Philly right now. Milwaukee, we beat them too. And those are the three up these, those are the three teams in the East in my mind of the future. So we handled all them Pacers. without Kyrie and I, Hayward. So I throw in the Pacers. I think we mix, but, um, but yeah, like those, those are the, those are the three teams with superstars, you know? And of course we're admitting Cleveland cause we all expect, for LeBron to find a new destination wherever that may be. Oh no, um, I, was, I was including. No, I think LeBron's staying. That's what also I want to say too. Him winning this, uh, going to the finals. Why would you leave? Like, I mean, even if you lose, you have the eighth pick. Let's see what you can do. But no team has proved to you anything in the East that they can beat you. And currently, any team that you have, like any these players that you have on this team, can get you to the finals. So why leave? Why get that scrutiny? So you can Just win a championship. I know. Let's see what you can do. I think he'll wait until the very end if he does. But I think he's going to see what Cleveland can do with this eighth pick, and they're going to really try to do something for him. Because I, I mean, why leave? Why leave if you've gone four years in a row? No one, no one in the East has proved to you that they can beat you. You want to win a championship. It's not about getting there. It's about winning. That's that's only with Houston. Then, if you really want to go there, no other team's winning you the championship right now in Golden State. No, no, Philly's not. No, no, I think no. Well, no, not even history. against the Celtics um, or the Golden State. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I disagree. I think they definitely would. I think they have the, the assets and the money to make some big moves this offseason. You're telling me if you got a healthy Kawhi Leonard and a healthy LeBron James paired up with their other three young guys, they can't win a championship? It would be two young guys because you would trade Foltz in that Kawhi trade. And then who are you yeah, going no, to bench? You got to think about benches too. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I saying, but I think Sarge would be gone too. I think he would no, be traded. No, in that no, no. They would want Sarge. everything for Kawhi. They would, I mean, but they would want the the chess. They want everything. They want like something like full Sarge and a pick. Yeah, but like they're gonna have to be bidding against somebody else's offer. So that's only like I mean, I I would give them Fultz, Covington, number ten, number twenty six, and you know like a fork on Cork Maz if they want him or a Timothy Luau. I'm not giving you Sarge. Not giving them Sarge. But anyway. 
Um, we'll see how that plays out. It's, we're we're just doing a lot of speculation right now. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, it, it's it was it, it was. I would imagine as a Celtics fan, it, it would be um, you. You have to look at the big picture, and you know, I mean, like you you said several times on the show, Luke. I mean, you pretty much um, cashed in your chips after game one of the regular season. So, you know, for them to make it this far, you know, is, is, is got to be, you know, just like awesome. So if you can look at it from that perspective, um, I, I do see the silver lining. Uh, Juwan, what are your thoughts? Oh boy, man, did I want the Celtics to win this game? Um, Me too. It was frustrating because it's like Tatum showed up. Uh, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you. If there's one team that could possibly, possibly win a championship with no stars, it is Boston. Like, I feel as though Boston, there were no Kyrie or Gordon Hayward, could end up in the same spot they were in, except Jason Tatum is now more experienced because he's played right. uh, as a rookie in one in some of the biggest games of his career. Um, so you'd hope that that experience would only further grow. I, what I hated about this game was Tatum showed up, and Horford we know isn't like a big scorer or anything. He's more of a, a leader and a defensive kind of guy. But I felt as though no one else showed up to help him. Brown struggled. Uh, Rozier, someone must have told him before the start of the game that he was Kobe. Um, like no <laughs> one came out to – to help him, and Tate, I felt like every time Tatum gave them a momentum uh, boost, they were just like, all right, appreciate it. Now, because you just hit that big three, I think I can hit a big three. And it's like, that's not what we needed. We just needed a bucket in that moment. Um, if anything, I know a lot of people were blown away by, you know, everything LeBron did in this game. To me, I, I wasn't impressed by LeBron in this game or the Warriors as a whole in their game. I felt as though they ran into two teams that did exactly what we thought they were going to do. Boston, uh, you know, I I said this before, Nick, that I felt as though they would feel the the hurt of not having Kyrie either in this series or in the finals uh, because you have just too much youth. Like Tatum did everything he could. Uh, I really wish he didn't get in that much foul trouble so he could have been a little bit more aggressive throughout the game. Um, but youth crept up on, on um, Celtics. And when you look at Golden State, Harden did exactly what I thought Harden was going to do in one of the biggest games of his career. Uh, and D'Antoni did exactly what I thought he was going to do. But as far as this Cleveland game, um, I felt as though if, Cle- if Celtics had just one of their two All-Stars, I don't think LeBron is, is, is laying on the ground as the, the Cavaliers are gifted uh, another Eastern Conference championship. I, I seriously don't. Because uh, all you needed was just one other guy that could just ride along with Tatum. And that's what the Celtics were severely missing. And it, it just took one other guy to help, help Tatum out. And we're talking about a whole other story here. We're talking about how a bunch of kids and possibly either Gordon Hayward and Kyrie – um, dethrone LeBron. And I, I do think at that point uh, LeBron would really think about leaving the East because, I mean, the, the Sixers are only going to get better. I, I'm with you, Nick. The Pacers are only going to get better. Um, excuse me. You hope that the Bucks are going to get better. 
Um, and Boston, to me, looks like they're going to be the, the the team you have to go through um, year in and year out going forward. So, to me, I, I just look at it and I say congrats to LeBron and his children, um, but I was not blown <laughs> away by his performance in this game. I think it came down to Celtics just lacked because of youth. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you can't say that, but then, you know, kind of say that they were this great team because they got through everybody in the playoffs. What I mean by that is Celtics with no all-stars were already playing with house money. No one expected them. No one really gave them that big of a shot to get past the Sixers. Everyone thought the Sixers were going to be more of a force than they were. Um, So for the Celtics to get to where they were was a huge achievement. But we all thought at some point it would creep up, you know, that they were lacking their closer in Kyrie and just an an all-star. Because uh, they had two, and they were missing both. Um, so, to me, it's just one of those things where it's like, congrats to LeBron again, but I give it more to the Celtics than I give it to LeBron's quote-unquote dominance. I just – I wasn't blown away by uh, by it. But, again, Nick, I'm with you. Round four, what we already know will probably be five games Golden State. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be boring. Um, but, no, I like I, – I, Weirdly enough, I kind of agree with you. Like, I wasn't, and and I'll say it like this way: like, I wasn't. Uh, I was very impressed with LeBron's play throughout the playoffs, and the fact that he was able to get this team to uh, the finals. Like that, that in and of itself is impressive. But if you're asking me, what was I impressed by, like his game seven? No, I kind of agree with you. Like, I mean if you go against a young team and only one of their guys really shows up offensively, um, yeah, you're probably going to win that game. And that's what happened. Like, like you said, Brown struggled. Rozier was terrible. Um, even, you know, Horford was, you know, he wasn't terrible, but I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't out there getting on buckets. Um, he certainly was less effective against this team than he seemed to be in, in the Philadelphia series. Um, and, you know, like, that's just kind of I, I think that's kind of what really ended up happening. Um the 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 Cavaliers were able to Ollie past uh the Celtics essentially. They just wore them out and then youth got in the way and, and they were able to, to power through. And uh, you know, on the on the back of LeBron James of course. Um but uh Joel, <laughs> um your thoughts on uh game seven, uh Cleveland, Boston. Um, I agree with most of what was said. Um, I was impressed with LeBron because he did play the whole game. He didn't have Kevin Love. All they needed was Jeff Green to have a to have Jeff Green to have a good game, and he did. (laughs) Um, and and they did it. They they did it. They came through when a lot of people didn't count them out. You know, a lot of people did not expect them to win. Uh, They started out as the underdog because of how they dominated Toronto, but it is Toronto, and they're as you know. They don't know what it is to get past LeBron like at all, and then you have yeah. Boston, the, who is they're the better team between Cleveland. They're the better coach team. They bring with more energy, but at the end of the day, it was their youth that that they got away from them, and in the moment probably got too big, and they had they just choked. I mean, there were so many missed opportunities at the end of that game by the back, especially the backcourt. Marcus Smart, like I saw Marcus Smart go up and get a like offensive rebound. 
and like I think he tossed it over and then got to go for another for a three and another miss and another miss and I just saw another miss yeah. and I'm like wow they just they're falling apart as I watch it and LeBron came through in the clutch and he's like I gotta put this away and he kind of did after that chest bump he got big but after that you know, he pissed off the monster because after that he just took over it was like the yeah. Boston didn't have a chance after that chest bump <laughs> they got real cocky <laughs> but it is what it is. And I'm not upset that Boston and I'm making because I'm not a Boston fan. Um, they're a rival of ours, so I'm not going to be not, not to hate on them. I just uh, I'm not I'm not a Boston fan, so it's not for me. It's not a big deal. I would have been okay if they made it through because I, for me, I'm kind of bored with this whole fucking Cleveland Golden State <laughs> thing. So yes, in that regard, um, yeah, I, I would have been okay with it. But at the same time, I wasn't upset by it either. Um, but that, that team is good. I mean, you can be upset about it, but that team didn't have two of their best players either. <laughs> that team was good for the next couple of years. They made it to the Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals when a lot of people did not expect them to get nowhere near that far, especially after Gordon Hayward went down. We thought they'd maybe get it to the second. I thought, at least, they would probably get to the second round. But that's it. <laughs> that was That's kind of where it was it for me because they did go Game 7. Um, they went seven games with Milwaukee, who gave them a better fight than fucking um, – who who put it? Uh, who they the Sixers. It was the Sixers. The Sixers, right? Sixers kind of fell flat too. <laughs> the Sixers kind of fell flat. They didn't really, they didn't live up to their own expectations. Uh, but yes. Boston just the, I mean, they're the best coach team in probably the league, uh, aside from maybe the Spurs. Um, they do a lot with what they got. It just it's unfortunate for them. And, and when it came down to clutch time, uh, they just could not close it. Whereas LeBron, who's been here fucking seven, eight times now. He could. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Experience usually wins out in scenarios like this, and, and that was the case. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, like we all said, Boston's got a bright future. Um, and, you know, it, I will say this. Uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that, uh, that LeBron did play uh, all 48 minutes because I had forgotten yeah, that man. and that. That is that is fucking impressive. Like shout out to LeBron for playing the whole fucking game, because um, that yeah that is that is wildly impressive. Um, and you know, the guy uh, you know averages for playoffs game sevens averages about thirty five mm-hmm. points a game. That's what he got. <laughs> he got thirty five points. So I mean, yep. he pretty much he did his part. It, I, I feel like I feel like honestly that's part of the reason why maybe I'm not as impressed with it is just like we've seen it. Like you get right. numb to exactly. it unfortunately. Um yeah. you come to expect what it. Else like, <laughs> yeah, it was gonna take him dropping like fifty for me to be like, what? Like to really be right. surprised, you know? Um but yeah, I mean props I mean LeBron is is probably I would argue probably the best game seven guy ever. Like I mean, he just shows up in Game Sevens like it's 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 ridiculous, and and to think like, you know, people still hang on to this notion that he's not clutch. It's it's just laughable. It's really funny. It's changed. Um, it started off he wasn't clutch, but now right. He, but like yeah, and like but like for the past seven years he's been clutch as hell. Like. Uh, yeah. the most clutch player, uh, maybe sort of Kevin Durant. Yeah. Like, Kevin Durant's pretty Damn, fucking clutch, yeah. too. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, but, like, phenomenal. 
Um, so with that in mind, I, I wanted to talk about, there's been a lot of GOAT talk going around. Um, some people have said, you know, LeBron leading this team to the finals, you know, that that's enough to, for, you know, it's basically the people who already had said he was the GOAT are using that as the example to, like, you know, prop him up a little bit further, you know. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's, you know, people saying if he beats the Warriors with this team, like, then he's the GOAT. And, you know, I mean, it would be hard to argue at that point. If you beat, if you beat the Warriors with this Cleveland team, like, uh, I mean, even I would probably have to, like, hand in my library card and just be like, sorry. I'm knocking on that door. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, but what I wanted to focus on was uh, I wanted to, to pass it around because um, what I like to do a lot more is the NBA Mount Rushmore. So your four all-time greatest players, you don't have to put them in order one through four, just whichever four players are your personal four all-time greatest players um, of uh, the NBA. Um, I'm going to kick it to you first, Joel. Best four. You said four? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mount Rushmore. Oh, fuck, that's hard. <laughs> um, you, want me to, uh, you want me to send it to Juwan or Luke first? Give you time to think. I think I could do it. It's just that all right, well, just, all right, let me do it real quick. All right, so off the top of my head, um, I'm going to say Jordan. Yeah. Okay, Jordan has to be up there. Um, I would say Magic. I would say, fuck, um, Kobe, LeBron. I think I think I'm going to stick with that, maybe. It could be. I mean, it's so hard. It's more than four. <laughs> yeah. But, no. I mean, I mean any number that it. any arbitrary number that you pick, there's gonna be like a cutoff, you know, where where it's just like, yeah. you know, That's where tough. you're like, man, I I really want to put Tim Duncan on there, but I can only pick four, right. you know, like. Or so, Kareem. Um, or Will. Yeah. Or yeah. Absolutely. I so many. Yeah. There. Yeah. There really are. Um, no, I'm down with that list. I like that one. Um, Juwan, who you got as your uh, Mount Rushmore NBA? <sighs> I'm going Kyrie, Kyrie, Kobe. Kyrie, Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I was going to lead with. I was going to lead with uh, <laughs> Mellow. No, it would, it would be – no. no. <laughs> Get it right, though. It would be – It would be. yeah, Kyrie, Mellow, KP6, and uh, – <laughs> Missing one there. For now. <laughs> and, um, right, no. Jason Tatum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there you go. he's getting there. The Celtics getting starting there. five. <laughs> Should have been there. Um, no, I'm going to go uh, Michael Jordan, Shaq, Olajuwon. And who am I putting as my last one? You know what? Oh, I'm going to go. You haven't, you haven't go said LeBron. I'm going to go LeBron's to LeBron. Like Still, though, real got to recognize Only when they play Toronto does he like LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> I, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. This is this is no diss. You said four. LeBron's in my top yeah. five. He's just not in my top four. I look okay. at Tim Duncan so as being the greatest power forward of all time. I look at Olajuwon yes. as being one of the most unstoppable forces. Shaq literally yes. was an unstoppable force. And then Michael yes, Jordan. Was. I, I, I I mean, it's not like I picked Tony Parker over LeBron. I think those are pretty, pretty four good, 
good names to throw out there. I, I just, I yeah, think no, for their, what they brought to the game and how they were just almost just unstoppable. I think LeBron, LeBron has now grown into his complete game. I think those, I think you could say Shaq from the rip was, was almost unstoppable. Olajuwon yeah. had one of the greatest moves of all time. And Tim Duncan, just for everything Tim Duncan was, a team player, a leader, just everything that Tim Duncan was. Uh, I agree with you, Joel, on, on Kareem. Kareem makes my top ten. I just think that, that Olajuwon shake was just like, you could be the greatest defender of all time, but, like, there was no way you were stopping that shake. I mean, Shaq didn't win a title because he couldn't stop that shake. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't young know. Shaq. That, that's just, that's, <laughs> young Shaq, yeah, I agree, young Shaq. Uh, even though I don't think any Shaq would have been able to stop that shake. Uh, no, yeah, no, that, no Shaq could stop that. Like, but, that's, like, that's you know, a lot of one could stop no Shaq either. So. That's very no, true. No, I feel you. No disrespect to LeBron. <laughs> Indeed. Um, Luke, who you got? Oh, mine's easy, and I, I had it like two seconds. So it's Bill Russell, Larry Bird, John Havlicek, and um, Paul Pierce. So that that's my four. I mean, y'all can say what you want. I'm going to take my four. It's whatever. I, I'll boot out John Havlicek after one more year with Jason Tatum. I mean, Tatum's going to hop in there very quickly. But for now, he's a rookie for name six. I'll take the original guy who invented the sixth man of the year who – was the man, John Havlicek. So, yeah, those are my four, and I had it, like, in a heartbeat. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love how he, he's Why didn't... dead serious about it, too. Um, <laughs> I didn't um, know we could okay. no, like that. Come on, Luke. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm not picking any Lakers, so there goes Magic Kareem or, or Kobe. I'm not picking LeBron, so there goes LeBron. MJ, I mean, eh, no. Bye, MJ. I mean, so <laughs> – yeah, no. I'm sticking with I'm sticking with my Celtics. <laughs> oh God, no. that's that's, no. that's the most that's no. the most Homer pick we have ever had on this show. Uh, but I love, I love it. I love it. Okay, I, wait, Nick, you know what? Hot take. <laughs> yeah, right. Hot take. Yeah, um, yeah minute, that, that that goes even beyond a hot take. That that's like I don't. I, we'll have to come up with a new moniker for for Luke's. That's a Homer take. <laughs> like that's that's what. Anytime Luke says something that Homer, that's what we're going to call it from now on. Um, uh, no, this is actually this is actually really easy for me to. Um, uh, and I honestly, it, it, I'll I'll give you my list and then I'll explain. Um, so working backwards, so from most recent to the um, farthest away players, uh, LeBron James, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell. Those are my Mount Rushmore. And the reason being is because all four of those guys owned eras. There was there was the Bill Russell era that like Wilt Chamberlain mm-hmm. was probably the better player, but he was not the greater player. He was like Bill Russell was that player of that generation of the first generation NBA great. Um, yeah, yeah, well he 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 won more. And the thing is. If you like, if you go and you pour through Bill Russell's stats and everything, like he, he, it's not even anywhere close to what Wilt was able to accomplish stat-wise. However, yeah, you go, you go watch any interviews of any of the guys playing from that era, and they will tell you 
number one player they never wanted to play against was Bill Russell. He was the scariest person on the court for everybody of that generation. Um, he and was like 6'9", like right? Uh, yeah, that's something right, 6'9", 6'10". Um, and, and just like a, a defensive force. Um, like nobody could, could like, that was the only guy Wilt Chamberlain ever had trouble against. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that he was just the guy, uh, Kareem, Kareem had the Kareem era, both, uh, started out in Milwaukee and then, uh, he went to LA. He had a terrific career at UCLA, never lost a single game in college. Um, I don't think he ever lost a single game in high school either. Um, and you know, was just, he was like many people still consider him the greatest basketball player of all time. Um, so he had his era. Michael obviously had his era. Um, you know, I feel like that's kind of self-explanatory and LeBron is in the midst of his, of his era. Like each of those players had their own era. Whereas like, you know, if you look at the eighties, it was the magic bird era. Like neither one of those players dominated their own era. It was like a, it was like a tie almost. Um, I don't think I don't think Kobe was the greatest player in the NBA for long enough, in my personal opinion. Um, like all those guys that I ran off, they had a decade or close to it of being the greatest player in the league. Um, LeBron's been the greatest player in the league for the last ten years. Jordan was the greatest player in the league for at least eight years, including his hiatus. Um, probably mm-hmm. more like ten, ten, maybe eleven. Um, Somewhere in that range, uh, and then you know Kareem was was both as Luol Cinder and Kareem was was a, the league's greatest player for ten years, and so was Bill Russell. So that's that's mine. I, I just pick each of the generational talents uh, down the way, um, you know, for my for my Mount Rushmore. So I'm 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 uh, trying to trying to pay pay homage to the the old school guys and, and hit all the big eras and everything. So. So that's mine. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I, lo- I love doing NBA Mount Rushmore. We'll do it again soon um, uh, for, um, you know, other various things. Uh, but let's move on. We got Golden State mm-hmm. defeating the Rockets. Um, of course, they did not have Chris Paul in Game 6 or Game 7. Uh, and, and, honestly, Game 6 and Game 7 went pretty much the same way. Game 6 was a lot uglier in the finish. Um but, I mean, both games went into halftime with Houston up, uh, having, you know, shot well, you know, played good defense um, and everything else in the first half. And then in both games they came out and could not hit jack shit in the second. Um, you know, especially in game six they looked really tired, a little less so in game seven. But, I mean, I feel like it was still somewhat noticeable. Um, and they just – they live by the three, die by the three, and they died hard by the three. I think they missed 27 threes in a row at one point um, in game seven, which is an NBA record. Um, that, that's just ridiculous. Uh, but, yeah, I, I was obviously devastated. I picked Houston to win it, and I think had they had Chris Ball healthy, they probably would have won it. But I'm going to go to you first, Juan, because I think both of us said at the beginning of the season – we didn't trust the Rockets because we didn't trust Chris Paul to stay healthy. And even though it was only two games, those were the deciding two games. And unfortunately, Chris Paul's health has essentially 
caused his team a chance to play for uh, the NBA title yet again. Your thoughts, Sean? <clears throat> see, <clears throat> excuse me, after kind of like going back over it, see, I don't even, I wouldn't even say that. Main reason I say that is because if you watch that game seven over again, Houston was up by a lot. Um, and then for some odd reason, Mike D'Antoni was like, you know what? We've gotten this league by being aggressive, going to the hoop. James Harden is going to the hoop. I believe Clay had uh, three fouls, or I could be wrong, could be mixing the games up, but I thought Clay had three fouls. No, he no, had three um, fouls really, really early, and they quit attacking yeah, really him. Early. And I was like, why are you not attacking Clay Thompson right, right. now? Right. Yeah. Right. So Mike D'Antoni decided around halftime, you know, I made my career off of shooting threes, not really sticking to defense. I think I like that old me. I want to go back to that. And for some reason, just told his guys, hey, keep shooting threes. We're going to outshoot them. And it's like, but wait, you were up, I believe, 10 or 15 points. Keep being aggressive. Put your foot on their right. throat. And I, I, I would like to think that if Chris Paul was there, he would have maybe, like, vetoed that notion. <laughs> And say well, no, we're gonna exactly. be aggressive that, and that was and go that was exactly hoop. what I was gonna say. Like he definitely would have right. done that. Like because it would have um, just the ball would have been in his hands. Like it, I mean, right. the way that team has operated, especially in this series, but seemingly throughout the playoffs, is James Harden gets you know the first half light, and then you know it, it maybe even a little bit in the third quarter, but down the stretch, like fourth quarter is Chris Paul's. Um, and, and really even usually a lot of the third quarter. Um, and, God, they just missed that so much in these last two games because both of them fell apart in the second half. Yeah, I mean, the way I looked at it is they had a chance. And, and again, this goes back to when I told you guys, I felt as though LeBron was the MVP of this year over Harden. And, again, I still think they should wait to vote until after the playoffs and the finals. That should matter. Because James Harden, when asked to be an MVP, could not step up to the plate even after having a 10 to 15 point lead. The Warriors were on the ropes. They were on the ropes. You were looking at Durant, Curry, and Clay, and you were saying, man, why shouting at each other and shit. Yeah, because the biggest thing I was going to bring up if Houston had won was, I really feel as though Golden State um, is, is quite like Cleveland to where they are the ultimate opportunist. And by that I mean, look at Golden State's run. Some of the biggest teams that they've played have always either uh, had, had an injury to the opposing yeah. team's best player, um, like they didn't have them throughout the series, or they went down early in the series. And Golden State, yep. I believe, has never, has never had to face a fully healthy threat. Um, and when you thought that the Rockets could be it, Chris Paul goes down. Uh, yeah. And the first time that they played a team fully healthy, you saw that the Rockets took them seven games. And it looked as though they could beat them. Um, so, to me, it was like when you needed Harden to step up and give a performance quite to where LeBron gave one, and LeBron was missing his best player also. Um, yeah. And you needed, you needed Harden to kind of just be that MVP guy. He could not do it. And that's why I told you guys, I felt as though Harden did not 
if you look at his season, I felt as though it was a mirror of last season, just a mirror of last season, just showing how dominant of a, of a scorer he is, um, of a guy that can go to the rack. He can put up great numbers. That's exactly what he did this year that he did last year. I felt as though the only reason we felt as though he, he, just, he, he should have it is because we knew we should have gave it to him last year. But we couldn't because Westbrook just did, like, some incredible Hulk shit. Um, but to me, Harden is not – yeah, exactly. Excuse me. But to me, Harden is not – he, he's not an MVP because to me an MVP can't just be regular season. And I know, unfortunately, they don't vote for postseason, but they should, especially after seeing what LeBron did and then what Harden did. Um, but just to sum, sum things up, congrats to the Warriors. But, again, uh, the media, and start, it starts with us, needs to start shining a light on the fact that Golden State can't be called this dominant franchise because if you look at what they had to have gone through, it is almost the equivalent of the, cake, the cakewalk they've claimed LeBron has gone through in the East Absolutely. because every time Golden State has had to go up against a juggernaut, some reason, I don't know if Golden State has like voodoo dolls or what, but the opposing team is always missing either a key player, one player. or their yep. star player. Right, just one player yep. that would completely yep. change things. Always. And I think that needs to yep. start being brought up more because that's where you need to grade what they're doing. And I feel as though they've had just as much of a cakewalk as LeBron, if not almost an easier one than LeBron has. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I do think you're right about that. I will I will disagree with you about Harden. Um I mean, I think I mean Harden actually played very well in Game Six and Seven. They just went cold in the second half in both of those games. I think part of it was being tired, um, part of it was being, um, yeah, obviously not having Chris Paul, which also you know um, leads them to, to be tired. I was I was happy to see him insert Joe Johnson a little earlier into Game Seven, but I mean he was really virtually ineffective. Um, but just to give you know, just to give some of those guys rest. Uh, by the way, I gotta give a shout well, out to Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon um, certainly stepped up. Yeah, dude. Like he kind of reminded everybody why he won Sixth Man of the Year last year, and like he was he was definitely a guy that that stepped up and did his part. I thought James was was fine. Um, I mean, he 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 limited how many of those stupid fucking step back threes that he was bricking all throughout <laughs> game five. Um, uh, I mean, he missed like 10 in a row in game five. I was, it was driving me crazy. Um, but I mean, he, he limited those. He made a few threes in this, this game seven. I think he made three or four. Um, and, uh, and I mean, I thought, I thought he did fine. I just thought like going down the stretch of the game, I think you're right, Juwan, they stopped attacking the rim they started settling for all their outside threes, which is fine if they're falling, but if they're not, man, you got to get to the bucket. You got to make shit happen. Yeah. Um, and they they weren't able to adjust in that regard. Um, but I don't really think that has to do with Harden. I mean, I think that's more has to do with D'Antoni um, and I mean, just not not having with, Chris Paul. With no Chris Paul, James Harden had the ball in his hand the most. So having the ball in the hand. Uh, as the ball gets worked around and guys are missing threes and you're noticing that they're just missing threes, you as the MVP have to say, you know what, give me the ball, let me be aggressive, let me get us back into the game, let me drive to the, to the basket. Since I don't have anyone else besides maybe Gordon that's a bit of a slasher, let me get to the basket 
get momentum going again, and that's how you can start getting those threes falling down uh, with but the see, course of even, that momentum. But even so, LeBron doesn't. Even LeBron doesn't really do that. I mean, he still he never he never stops passing it to his guys. So like, I mean, you can say that, and you can you can applaud like LeBron for beating you know a, a, a busted up Celtics team. Uh, you know, albeit a really really good team still. But you know, like I mean, I think I think you're kind of I don't know I, I I don't I don't see I don't see it the same way as far as that um, is concerned. I don't think I don't think James Harden is a closer. I'll give you that. I, I think that's why they got Chris Paul. Chris Paul's the closer. Um, but like you know, I, I don't buy into the argument that you know because he struggled against the. And, and struggled is, is used. I, I would even say in game six and seven, he didn't really struggle. He, the games that he struggled in were four and five, and they won those fucking games because Chris Ball was a badass. Um, and even when I say struggled, like he just kind of he, he he would struggle down the stretch uh, from time to time. Um, but like I don't think that means you can't win a regular season MVP. Now, if you wanted, you know say, well, it should be including the playoffs, that's, you know, that's fine. That's a different story. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I still I still think he's very deserving of the MVP award. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, it obviously hurt not having Chris Paul. Uh, I will say this, though, um, their, uh, their defense, like, they had Golden State flustered for a way more than I've seen any team since OKC. Um and well, I guess uh, Cleveland, you know, when when they won it all. Uh, but I mean, like specifically in the Western Conference, um, since Golden State's been on this run, the only team that's been able to to play them that closely is OKC. Uh, and you know, this you know this team certainly looks like Daryl Morey did his job putting together a squad of guys to compete against them. Um, but Joel, what are your thoughts? Well, I was disappointed. Now this one disappointed me more than anything because. I really like uh, the Rockets coming in, and um, I thought if anybody had a chance against them, it would be the Rockets because uh, they have the shooters touched. You know, as long as they get hot at any point, they can possibly have a chance against the Warriors. And that's what I said earlier, like during the playoffs, I was like, they can stay within the rhythm and not take stupid shots. They might be able to get away with it, but there was especially in that last game. Where they were up fifteen, they were they were doing really well. <laughs> Warriors yeah. not playing well at all that first half, and the Warriors did what the Warriors did. I everyone expected the Warriors to come back in the third quarter because that's just what they do, um, right. and they kept it semi close. You know they didn't get completely busted out you know out of the park in the in that third quarter, but there were some terrible shots <laughs> like. Yeah, you can, like I understand James. I understand what he was trying to do, but there was times he was shooting threes, looking for a foul. And you got to shoot the three that you look to actually hit the three, not look for the foul. Don't get me wrong. There were times he actually did get hit. The rest were smoking some shit yeah. that game. There were some calls. Yeah, there was like this complete. I, I don't even. I was like, uh, it was crazy. Like well, I forgot what play it was. I think it was the Bell and Jordan Bell. He did this. Like walking yeah. the screen, it was ridiculous. Like he was yeah. pushing him back with his back. Like, how can you do that? How is that not a call? Yeah, and they but, called it on Ariza. <laughs> I think is that the one you're talking about? They like sandwiched Ariza in between. I think I think I think we're actually tackles. talking about different ones. I'm not because I'm thinking of the one where like 
the two Golden State Warriors sandwiched Ariza in between the two of them, oh. and they somehow called <laughs> no, the foul on Ariza. Like, remember that? Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do remember. Yeah, that. it was it was a, it was a comedy of errors for the refs in Game Seven. That's for sure. Yeah. That was ridiculous. But the thing is, they kept going back to the same shots. And look, the Warriors right. would end up playing, and they ended up using the same plays. Like there was, I saw Steph in the, that same corner almost every. Yeah, most of the same possessions. He was and wide you open. You knew so every kept... time he shot it, you knew it was going in. I was like, damn exactly. it, like yeah, it it, before it even left his fingers. <laughs> yep, and Durant wasn't missing. Durant was not off, <laughs> especially at the end there. He was like, you couldn't really do anything. He was just shooting it from wherever the fuck he wanted it and it was going in. Yeah. So you knew they were going to be able to keep pace with the Rockets. They had a terrible shooting night. I mean, they were clanking, they were bricking hard. I mean, oops, sorry. <laughs> and it was really bad to the point where they ended up losing this game based more on that than not having Chris Paul. And, yes, Chris Paul, not having Chris Paul hurt a lot. As you can see, he wasn't there to steady the ship when there was a lot of rocking. And that happened in game six and in game seven. They complete, they just fell apart when they needed not to fall apart. And I felt bad for right. them. But that's just – they're so stubborn. Especially – Dan Tony's a stubborn coach. <laughs> like, yeah. He's very set in his ways. And that's why James Harden could be at fault. But at the same time, that coach is not going to reprimand him because that's kind of what he wants him to do. Because in Dan Tony's eyes, you have a higher – I mean, you're both – a two-pointer is a low percentage shot. So why not just go for a three, basically? Because these guys are good shooters. You, you might have a higher percentage of hitting three. And for the most part, that might work. But when you're completely cold, the way they where they were, you gotta go in more. You gotta t- try to take some more twos. It's not all about flashing threes. There is a, there's a, a a perimeter game that's kind of lost in this era, and it's kind of sad yeah. to watch. And that was I, for both Golden State and Houston. It was kind of sad to watch that the way that transpired at the end there. So I was yeah, disappointed. Unfortunately, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, and, like, Chris Paul is, like, the one guy on that team that still takes those shots and makes them at a high clip. Like, he's their yeah. one, their their best mid-range guy, you know? Because, um, mm-hmm. like, even Harden, I don't think Harden's any more effective at mid-range than he is shooting threes, honestly. Like, right. Um, it, right. it's it's about the same percentage. Um, but, like, Chris Paul is really fucking good at mid-range. And, you know, again, that's yeah. why I think – part of, you know, just not having him hurt him. But anyway, you were saying it's really disappointing. Yeah, I was just, you know, it was disappointing to watch at the end of the day. Um, I was hoping, I was holding, I hope they could possibly hold on, but it just, it wasn't happening. And we kind of got the exact same final for the fourth straight year. Yeah. And this is why I was upset about last uh, summer. Because <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, this is going to be bullshit. And here we are. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, I just hope this series is not a complete bust and they don't get swept. I really don't need this team to get swept. Give us something to watch at the very least in this final. If that goes, I don't know if it'll, it probably won't, but if at least this goes seven, make it interesting. You know, give us something. Right. No one, I didn't not expect uh, the Eastern finals or the Western finals to go as far as they did. So I, I applaud them for getting that to that far. So there you are. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much right there with you. It, it, it's, it's depressing just because we, you know, so badly want anybody else there. It's not, you know, uh, I mean, <laughs> of course, much. of course, yeah, I mean, of course, KD going to Golden State, you know, makes it even more so, 
um, just because of, you know, kind of the unfair odds um, mm-hmm. that that team has. Uh, but nevertheless, Back like, yeah, I don't – yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I think, you know, for, for all of us on this show, we – for the most part, would have been much happier if if we had to pick between Cleveland and Golden State again, or we got any other combination. We would take any other combination. <laughs> like, um, yeah, at least I know you and me would, uh, Joel. Um, I don't know. I don't know about Juwan. He he really hates the Rockets. Um, but uh, and the Raptors. And the, Ra- and the Raptors. Well, yeah, that's that a variation that we could that I couldn't take. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that would have been great fun. Yeah, that would have been that would have been fun. Um, it's mm-hmm. like not liking teams I, they just can't get to the end. <laughs> yeah, well, and I feel like those two teams would match up pretty pretty well with each other. Yeah, yeah. Like that would be a fun series, but um, I'd probably take Houston six. Um, but uh, but anyway, um, Luke, Luke, your thoughts on Game Seven um, and just in general, you know, on, on the Warriors defeating the Rackets? I know. I mean, it's a bummer, the whole Chris Ball injury. I mean, it's what he's been kind of cursed with his whole career is just injury mm-hmm. prone. And, of course, timely manner, it happens at the worst time, especially in game five when he's just pulling his team down the stretch where they need this win and all that, and mm-hmm. he gets it for them. It just It just really stinks, but – I mean, in all, I mean, you can't really uh, take, I mean, that much blame on James Harden, I feel like. I feel like all the blame should be on D'Antoni. There's a couple of reasons why. First off, you you should know from the last series against New Orleans that Golden State's a really good third-quarter team. Like They're going to do a lot of adjustments, and you couldn't do it not just one time where they came out and game six, I feel like, was an absolute blowout. There was just no way, even with Chris Paul, even out there, they just got – that was just like a blowout. They came out in the third quarter and just went out. So you kind of, like, know what they're going to do. So you have a whole game to adjust and your game, and you let them do it yet you again. Somehow your team sticks it, sticks – you know, keeps you within it. They lived and died by the three, I mean, but they're really a team that – Duan, uh, you were saying that like they should have started driving to the basket, but besides James Harden and I guess Eric Gordon, who really wasn't it, besides he started doing it towards the end. I mean, no one on that team's really like drive to the bucket kind of a guy. I mean, they're all three right. point shooters. They're known. That's yeah. what Dan Tony wants. Like you have a second that you're open for the three, you let it rip. So they're they're dying by that that three. I mean, over twenty seven, no one saw that. I mean, Vegas odds. If you bet on that. You're one for seventy-two thousand dollars. Like so, for every dollar you got seventy-two grand. Because no one thought that they would do that bad. So I can understand. But Chris Paul, if he was out there, he definitely would have game seven. He definitely would have helped change the whole game plan, calmed everyone down. I feel like that his leadership, being able to like, yeah, he was out there and cheering on the guys, but you can only say so much, uh, like input on a game when like you're not playing it. If he was out there right. and then. He saw some things, and he wanted to call this timeout. And, like, yo, Mike, let me get this real quick. Let me talk to my guys real quick. And be like, what are we doing? Stop taking these threes. Give me back the ball if we need to calm it down. I'll try something else. James, what are you doing? You need to drive through the basket, too. I need me and you right now going through the basket. These threes aren't making it. But he can't really do that since he's injured. So I could kind of see 
uh, like why that wasn't really happening. James just kind of, I mean, I, I thought he had a great game. Both him and LeBron had great game sevens in, in my mind. I mean, uh, just he, he didn't show up when we needed it. And I think that's what sticks out in your mind, Jawan, the most is because he really did. He's, he's kind of like that first quarter guy. He scored 15 points. You know, he had the Rockets going and all that. Second, you know, he scored. Third quarter, he kind of just starts to look like he he's not really wanting to settle into, like, hey, I'm taking over this game. And that's what really sticks in our mind. You forget, like, oh, first half, James, James had 23 points in the first half. But you really remember – Hey, second half, he only had six points when his team needed the most. Where was he? Kind of like fades away, and that's what Chris really helped this team where he can get the ball, like you guys said. He is one of the best at creating his shot right there, which is crazy because he's the smallest guy in the court. He just does that little drive move where he drives and stops on a dime, and he just does that mm-hmm. little step back, huge floater, and it just it's, it's such a nice shot. I don't know how he does it, too, because he does it right outside the paint area, where, like, everyone in, in, like, you know, on the court could get to him and just swap that away because he's so small. And he always does it. He's great at it. It just it stinks that he's been in it. But I also put a lot of blame. I, I would put it as a player. I put a, bl- a lot of blame on Trevor Reza. Hey, man, aren't you the yeah. guy that's been there before, that's played with the Lakers, that have seen a championship team, and you went 0 for 8 for me from the three-point line, and you were just terrible? Gerald Green, I got more points out of Gerald Green and production than you, my friend. What the heck? Like, come on, you're supposed yeah. to be our veteran. That's supposed to calm us down. Maybe you were supposed to be the one since Chris Paul's doing it, because I don't think James really is a vocal that much, like, in, the, like, like Chris Paul. But Trevor Reason, you know, he sees the thing. He could have got all vocal in a timeout and be like, hey, guys, maybe we should stop. It's not working for me. Hey, James, maybe we should just kind of, like, do you mind if you just keep on driving you and Capella, you know, that thing's kind of been working, then maybe one of these threes, but – it was just I put a, like Trevor Ariza did not show up. I mean, yeah, he put a, he was doing a lot on defense, and I'll give him all the credit in the world. But that way, like he did all that he could, and maybe that was it too. Like energy for uh, the the whole team with Chris Paul, his injury by Mute's injury too. So the, they're playing already. I think D'Antonio for the longest time was only running a seven man rotation, so he's already running yeah. those guys. So I could see that, but there's just a lot. But I I put. A lot, like yeah, James. I, I, he could Harden could have done a lot more too, but it's uh, Dan and Tony. You need to know adjustments and how to coach your team, especially do two games in a row. You cannot let Golden State just just tear you apart in the third. And uh, some some of your veteran players, like a reason all that. I mean, James Harden too. I put it put it all on them. So, but. Yeah, I, I'm well, not that mad about the four peat. I mean, in the end, I'm going to be like the two teams. I mean, hey, these are the two best teams in basketball. I mean, I know I, in my mind, I think Celtics and Houston, but you know, right now they're not healthy and injuries, so we're getting the two best teams. And let's see it. I mean, I do think it's going to be a quick one for Golden State, but hey, you know, uh, I, I'll take it. I love basketball no matter what, so I'll, I'll watch it no matter what. I mean, but. I still, it's still the two best teams out on the court at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, at least at least the best team from the West and the best team from the East. But, like, I don't know. It, it, it is frustrating, though. Um, but to speak to your point um, about the third quarter, they got outscored 
Golden State outscored Houston 33 to 15 points in the third quarter in game seven. Um, and that's just like, I mean, we know the Warriors are going to get hot. Like, giving up 33 points in the third quarter, that's not a big deal. But you've got to score more than 15 fucking points. Like, you just, you can't, you only score 15 points in a quarter like that and expect to win. Um, and, you know, that was pretty much what killed them. Uh, I mean, they got outscored by two in the fourth quarter, but I mean, there was that third quarter that was, was really the, the, the big turning point of the game, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? It, it's, it's, uh, it is what it is, but I agree with you too on Ariza. Ariza was 0 for 12 from the field, zero points, four personal fouls, two turnovers. Um, he had seven boards, two assists, two steals. Um, he did he did play against KD a lot, um, and I'm sure that takes a lot out of you from the defensive end. But still, like 0 for 12, 0 for 9 from three, like ugh, that's that's really really bad. Um, and and also, um, <clears throat> I do want to uh, give old Clay Thompson a shout out. Not for Game Seven as much. I mean, he played he played just fine in Game Seven, uh, but Game Six, man. Clay Thompson gets up for those game sixes. Um, he was terrific in game six and really kind of spearheaded um, that that run that just put that game out of uh, contention uh, for the Warriors. Um, he was he was lights out. He was terrific. Uh, so props to Clay. Uh, I still think Clay is my favorite uh, Golden State Warriors player. Um, so I, I like to give him props whenever I can. Um, but yeah. That's the way the cornbread crumbles. So, you know, that's, that's just the way it is. Nick. Um, yeah. Two things really quick. One, Joel had to go. Um, so yeah, I wanted I to throw that out before. Oh, okay, got you. Um, two, I did want to say to you guys, um, especially also what Luke just said, I wanted to wait till you were finished, Nick. Um, I, I did make it seem like I was putting, like, all of the blame on James Harden. You're absolutely correct. Nick, you're also correct that uh, because of my lack of belief in him um, in the in the playoffs shouldn't take away from a regular season award. I agree with that. My issue with James Harden is he's always been one of my favorite players. And when he got traded to Houston and he kind of showed that he was um, a superstar, I've always wanted James Harden to, to break through and get to the finals. And the reason why I sound like I'm so hard on him is every year when I feel like James Harden could possibly do it, whether it was when he was with Thunder and I thought that he was going to be the launching point to them possibly beating um, LeBron uh, up until now, he just always found a way to let me down, whether it was fatigue, whether it was just him not showing up, whether it was just him just, you know, whatever. Uh, My biggest issue with James Harden is that I believed in him I feel as though too much. And I feel like every year he just shows me that he's an amazing regular season player, but he either runs out of gas, which is also something that he has to work towards, because uh, I never felt like he had a, a fit body. Like he was always either – like I, felt as, I feel as though James Harden's always been in that Barkley to where it's like Barkley used to look like he was very fit for that time. <laughs> Barkley just always kind of had that slowness about him. Like, he probably ate a burger. I would say the opposite. I, no, dude, I would Go say ahead, the opposite. 
I would say Barkley, like, didn't look fit but was surprisingly athletic, whereas James Harden, like, I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he looks like super fit, but I mean he, he more fit than the round mound of rebounds. Um, but he's not like yeah, you're right. I mean he's not that athletic. Um, not in that in the tier of you know the 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 supremely athletic guys anyway. Right. So I mean, my biggest issue was just I've always wanted James Harden to break through, and I feel that like every time I put the chips all to the front, he just completely just wipes them away and finds a way to lose. And I felt as though this game seven, he started off on fire. I felt as though in the second half, he should have made it more of an effort to try to take it to the basket. I agree with you, Luke. I even said the only two slashers are him and Gordon. Um, But Harden should have tried to take a more aggressive approach that did not revolve around shooting from the three-point line because they were all just so horrible at it as they were going. Like, once the third quarter was over and you noticed that you guys weren't knocking the three ball down, start making better decisions. Like, I, 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 that's just or, something that – Yeah, MVP, or just, like, ahead, halfway through the third quarter when you can sense the tie changing. Like, why you, – you know, like, I agree with with that. But, like, ultimately that, that – again, that all comes down to coaching. Um, you know, like – I agree. If, Dan Tony wants wants to make that adjustment. He can call a timeout and and make that adjustment. Um, but I mean, that's not that's not. I mean, I think he was just kind of crossing his fingers, saying, "Well, eventually they'll start following," but they just never did. Um, I mean, but I agree. Ultimately, uh, I will put some of that onus on Harden because when you've shot, you know, I, I think he ended up like two of thirteen from three. Um, when you haven't hit a three since like the first quarter or early in the second quarter and it's midway through the third and you've taken like seven and you've missed seven in a row, like, all right, dude, it's time to change it up. Like do something different. Like, you know, like, and, and that's, that's something that he did intermittently throughout game six and seven. He didn't stay as married at least to that step back three that he kept missing in game five. Um, but I mean, I, I, I do agree. I, I, I feel like he could have been more effective had he committed to, you know, driving and dishing. Um, it would have made a lot more sense for him to do. Yeah. I mean, if you were telling me his biggest fault, uh, as you were comparing to to LeBron was that he kept passing it and his guys just couldn't hit, uh, and he just kept passing it. I, I, I'd have no problem with that. I don't even have a problem when LeBron does it. Uh, because if it's if it's what you think is the best play and your guy is wide open, you should always pass it to him. Um, but Harden, just he was just not being aggressive. And it's just like, all right, if your coach is drawing up these threes, but you know they're not hitting and you spent a quarter not hitting those threes, fourth quarter comes, I need aggressive drives to the basket, getting a whistle call no matter what, James Harden. That's, that's the MVP kind of guy that I need. And I felt as though – if LeBron had that same situation to where if Spolster just kept drawing up that the Heat had to take threes, I think LeBron at that point, if they were starting to lose, would have said, you know what, let me start going to the basket and see if I can get guys better looks or a higher percentage looks uh, that way. I, I just think that's the distinction that I'm making of the difference yeah. between the MVP mindset of the two of those guys. 
Yeah, I, I, I suppose I, I can agree, at least in that sense. I wouldn't say – I mean, I guess I, I think we're, we're splitting hairs as far as um, – uh, as far as um, monikers, um, like how we classify w- w- what what it is we're saying, but I think we actually think the same thing, and it's that um, LeBron is just way more clutch than Harden is. Um, like yeah. To me, I wouldn't classify that as as shows his his inability to be the most valuable player. I, I think it just shows, you know, once again that you know James Harden is not your is not your closer. He's that's why you got Chris Paul. Um and yeah, I mean it was just it was going to take some outstanding odds for them to win you know either one of those those two closeout games without Chris Paul and they just they just proved that they didn't have it. They 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 really needed those those three-pointers to drop and they just never did for two straight games. Um which, you know, again, it's unfortunate but um, we'll see what happens in the off season, and I, I've got a feeling no matter what, Daryl Morey is going to improve this team one way or another, um, and and you know get them ready to uh, to go back and compete again, and you know hopefully Chris Paul can stay healthy the the next go round. Uh, but let's move on to our previews, um, Luke. Finals preview. Uh, who you got? I, I guess I should just say how many games. <laughs> Um, if Iguodala's injury is as serious as it been, I could see it going to six. Yeah. Um, just because that injury just, I it this whole Golden State team. I mean, I've been telling uh, my buddy and a lot of people that I don't think it was as dangerous as it's been in years in the past because his bench hasn't been as dangerous, and you already had to move Iguodala up to the starting rotation. So you already moved him from the bench. You only have like Livingston and all that, and and like you run by like Clint Cook and and all those other like Looney and all those other young kids. So I just yeah. really thought that this team was kind of vulnerable in their bench position, and it kind of showed it. But if Iguodala's injury and Kevin Love only misses one game, I could see Cleveland making this an interesting six, maybe maybe a seven. I don't know. I mean, Ooh. this is the same team that had Kyrie Irving. Last year, and they got beat in five, but I still think last year's Golden State bench was a lot better, and they had a healthy Iguodala. Iguodala being out kind of puts a lot more pressure on their younger players like McCall, Looney, Quinn Cook, and all those other guys to step up, and I just don't really – now Cleveland, they're in the same position. They don't really have, but LeBron James has been just doing it, and – I think he can maybe squeeze out two games and lose it in six. Yeah, I, I'm kind of of the same mindset. Not not so much because I, I feel like the team deserves it, but I just feel like, you know, I feel like he's LeBron James, so you give him two games. <laughs> like, you know, you, you you just figure that there will be two games where, you know, he'll, he'll play well if it goes – say if it goes six games, he'll play very well in at least four of those games, probably five. He'll probably have one game where he only gets like, you know, 25 points and doesn't shoot particularly well and has a few too many turnovers. But um, but I, I think he'll play well throughout the series. Um, and I feel like uh, I agree if, if Iggy, you know, stays sidelined, um, 
he obviously means a lot to to that team and and how they play. So you know, if he if he stays sidelined, yeah, I could see um, I could see Cleveland getting two. I definitely don't think they'll get three. I don't see any scenario where it goes seven. Um, I, I, I would say between five and six, but I'll, I'll I'll give LeBron the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I feel like he's deserved there. He's earned that, um, you know, from from well me, but but anybody really. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I'll say six games. Uh, but here's what here's the other thing I'll say. Um, unfortunately, I don't think any of these games are going to be that much fun to watch. I think. There might be one close game out of the mix, but most of them are going to be blowouts. Um, and that's, you know, that kind of sucks. Um, the best series, and it's funny, too, because Joel was, like, throwing shade at, at the Sixers earlier. Um, but that was honestly the best series at, out of this whole playoffs. It only went five games, but four out of the five games were close, and they were all down to the wire, and they were all super fun to watch. Um like the Bucks took them seven, but the Bucks lost handedly every time they lost, and won handedly every time they won. It's just not fun. It's not fun to watch, you know, continuous games that are won by 15 points, whether regardless of which way it goes. Especially when you don't have a horse in the race. So um, I I don't expect very many, maybe one, but I don't expect many of these games to be uh, close at all. Um, but Juwan, your thoughts? I originally was going to say I don't see Cleveland winning one game, <clears throat> yeah. uh, mainly because see it. Uh, you had last year, and I think what people keep forgetting was LeBron averaged a triple-double, but Kyrie averaged, I think it was 26, 8, and 6. I think somewhere around that. Um, Sounds about right. So it, it kind of helped shield the fact that Kevin Love was kind of a non-factor um, and I think let's say Kevin Love plays game two, uh, you know, throughout. I still think Draymond has a special ability of getting in uh, Kevin Love's head, yeah. uh, and that's something you can't just you know look past. Because if you take Kevin Love out, you're now asking what Corver to get you 15. You're now asking what uh, I'm trying Jeff Green to get you to do what he did against the Celtics, and that's not a team that consistency is a theme for them. So right. you're then asking you're then asking LeBron to do what? 45, 11 and 10 nightly. <laughs> so I mean, it is one of those things where it's like, yes, is Golden State lacking? Sure. But LeBron is completely crippled as far as having to depend on guys. Like Golden State even without a bench, they can say, "All right, I'm looking at Clay, I'm looking at Steph, I'm looking at Draymond, I'm looking at Durant." I feel pretty good. LeBron's going, yeah. I'm looking at me, I'm looking at me, I'm looking at me, I'm looking <laughs> at me. I'm screwed. So it all comes down to if LeBron can have – if he can out-monster, as far as the stat sheet, anything the four of those guys can do. And I think if you bet on that, you'd be losing that bet almost 100 out of 100 times. So yeah. I'm going Warriors. I'm going to say this. There's no way it goes home and LeBron doesn't get one. So as I was leaning on four, but I respect LeBron enough to say he can get one at home. Uh, so I'm going Warriors in five, and hopefully we just have such a fun off season 
that it makes it very <laughs> difficult, if not impossible, for Golden State to get back to their, what, fifth straight finals? Yeah. That would be almost sickening. <laughs> almost as sickening yeah. as LeBron. Well, hey, the Cavs could go to their fifth straight one, too. That would be equally disgusting because then that would mean he's LeBron not, would what? He's make not it, saying it his ninth or tenth straight. Yeah, it would make it his ninth. It'd be ninth straight. Oh yeah. man, jeez. Uh, I, I, if he stays in the East, he'll make it to his ninth straight. Um, I, I mean, I, I feel Wait, like what? he could probably take that to the bank if he stays in the East. But if he goes to Philly, he'll make it to his ninth straight. Um, or nah, if they, nah, I, if I they somehow, oh, you're, I, I can't you, give you're, it that. you're just going to, you're going to doubt LeBron though. <laughs> against, like against just, a healthy Kyrie. He yeah. Uh, against I a mean, team that had no Kyrie. No, I feel you. I got you. But I mean, him, the, the Sixers supporting cast is fucking far superior to the supporting cast that he's got going on in Cleveland. That's a, a team is, oh, yeah, is absolutely. either a bunch of but watch talking, players or a bunch of. We're talking Tatum having an, a, another year under his belt. And, and, again, him achieving possibly the highest that uh, a rookie could – well, not the highest. The finals would be the highest. But, like, to get as far as he did leading that team and now coming back the next year with Gordon Hayward and Kyrie, guys that can take the pressure off of him and let him just do what he needs to do, which is score – yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. And I wouldn't rule out that Boston can make some crazy move uh, next year, whether it's trading a draft pick or whatever. So all I'm saying is this is a team that I thought after last year, it was just like, all right, well, with Isaiah Thomas and these guys, I don't know if they're ever going to, like, get past Kyrie and LeBron. And they were just like, oh, I hear you. How about we go get Kyrie? And I'm just like, oh, goddamn. <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> this team is crazy. <laughs> So every yeah, time no, I think I mean, of ruling the Celtics out, they just pull out a trump card. So I, I don't well, know. I don't that, know if LeBron I, going to well, Sixers would still be better. I would, and that would be my argument. I anytime I think of ruling LeBron out, the same thing. So like, I don't know. It'll don't be know. interesting. Y'all, y'all know I wanted to. My go only to argument, play. real quick, because Juwan does a lot of my great argument for my Celtics, so I do appreciate it. <laughs> my only argument is he's he he's not going to the Sixers. And he's staying in Cleveland. Okay, we will see. Um, uh, apparently, there was a source saying that uh, he was scouting schools uh, at the All Star break in Philadelphia. So um, now, who knows how credible that is? To be is, fair, but... wait. To be fair, hey, he did the same exactly... thing in L.A. too last summer. My buddy sent me an article, so I mean, they can but say to that be as fair, well. To be fair, that's what his wife Savannah, uh, Savannah did in the middle of the season. Uh, that year that he um, lost to Boston and then went to Miami, she was out yep. there scouting schools uh, in Miami, and then he ended up going. So yep. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I think out. a Boston I, I think... team has to beat him for him to leave. I was telling my friend, how iconic would it have been, literally, guys, if a team with that Kyrie beat Boston and, again, you see him walking out of Boston Stadium with his jersey over his head and walking straight to the thing and be like, then I'd be with you and be like, yo, dude, he's off this team. Like, there's no reason he's staying on the team. But I just think he made it to the fifth. He made it to four straight finals with this team. Just keep it going. Keep another sign, another short-year deal. Let's see what another one year we can do with this team. Let me see what you can do with this team. 
eighth pick and all that. And I'll sign one more year and then let let Boston or let another team dethrone me. Let me walk out like I did last time. Let me why, sign out on my own why, thing. Why do you want why like why if you're LeBron do you want to wait for another team to dethrone you? Why wouldn't you just join a team that's going to give you better odds to con- for continued success? <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense. Because sense to no me. one's dethroned you right now in your own division. Yeah, Golden State is, but no matter what, you're still going to have to get the Golden State. So just stay with your thing and don't get the scrutiny. Like, why, why leave to get what more scrutiny? scrutiny of a, like, dude, people always bash LeBron for going to, yeah, to Miami people, and all that. Just wait, like wait, 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 wait. The people who bash LeBron now or who would bash LeBron for leaving this Cleveland team are the people who bash him anyway. Any reasonable person is going to look at that roster and be like, yeah, it makes sense. You, you won Cleveland a title. Now you want to go, like, compete for more titles. Um, and you know what? Nobody's going to fault you because Kevin Durant went to the fucking Warriors and made it impossible for you to win with this squad. Like, you know, like, I, I, I don't I don't see how any, like, normal NBA fan, um, non-LeBron hater NBA fan would, would fault him for that or criticize him for that. I mean, but, dude, I hey. think the opposite. I mean, I think people ought to give him help and no reason. That's a lot of things That's people want to do. MJ didn't have to do this, so... I'm just saying, if I'm LeBron, I just keep it going for one more year, easy breezy. You know, you might not want to do it. You saw that handshake with Dan Gilbert. He fucking really obviously doesn't like him after they won the Eastern Conference Final. But I'm just trying to say, like, you didn't, you didn't get dethroned. So why dethrone yourself in the East unless you, for some odd reason, were like, yeah, I want to chase rings. So therefore, I go to the team that is closest to beating Golden State that took him to seven. And that is Houston. I'm not going to a Philly team. Yeah, don't get me wrong. That'd be great and all that. But that's going to a Philly team that I still have to help them mature. And I'm going to have to show them some things. And they've never seen the spotlight. They've never seen the finals and all that. So that's also good. Like, just stay in Cleveland one more year. I mean, one more year. The next year's free agency is crazy. Lakers might have all their money. And Lakers might go get them. Like, I'm just trying to say, next year's free agency can be a lot bigger. Stay in Cleveland one more year. They got this eighth pick. See what they can do with it. See if they can make it like a good game for you. I don't know about that. I can I compare what you're saying, uh, Luke, to what I hear uh, a few people saying that are like, if LeBron's so great, doesn't he go to like the the worst franchise and then build them up? And I'm like, think about this. This guy's in year 15, and think about the season he just played. Played all 82 games. He played a game seven to where he did not come out of the game at mm. any point of the game. If I'm LeBron, the last thing I'm thinking is, yeah, here with these bums that I had to drag their lifeless bodies all the way to where we're at now. If anything, I need, they either need to get me help by trading that yeah. graphic or something, yeah. or I have to go with CP3, CP3 and Harden or with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And so what you were saying about to go with a bunch of young guys that you then have to mature and stuff like that, I'd rather do that with guys that I know can put up 30 and 10 and 20 and 10 than to have to drag these lifeless guys that I can barely get 10, 10 points and three rebounds from. So if, if anything, any scenario is better than staying where he's at because that is the worst possible idea for LeBron to enter in year 16 of his career. That's all I'm saying. It's just, it, to me, LeBron would have to be, comp- 
he would have to just not care about winning rings anymore to stay put with that current roster and they not make any large moves to drastically improve that, that team. Yeah, like you, you better go get a Damian Lillard if you want LeBron to stay. Because um, right. it's short of that, like you're, it's not happening. I, I just don't see it. Like if they make a move like that, <clears throat> sure, I, I would definitely would eight in love get a Kawhi Leonard. Damian Lillard. Say what now? Would the eighth in love get you Damian Lillard? I mean, some other things uh, would have to get thrown in there, but that's the main package. No, I I mean, honestly, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't really have to throw anything else in there as far as matching salaries. Maybe Cleveland Then you go, CJ can play with Kevin Love. So that's Portland's thing. You can build it around CJ, and, you know, you're getting Kevin Love in the eighth. Kevin Love's from Oregon. He's expressed interest in the Blazers uh, in the past. Uh, well, let's go ahead and get into this. Let's skip to our, our last topic. We'll come back to number six if we get a chance. But uh, Damian Lillard reportedly wants to meet with the Blazers ownership once again. Now, uh, if I recall right, he met with them, um, I want to say, shortly before or after the All-Star break. Um, after, the All-Star break. After, after the All-Star after, break. He did yeah, after. Yeah. And uh, just about what, where the team's future was and – uh, you know, according to all sources, uh, the meeting was very pleasant. Lillard was um, was satisfied with with what they were doing. It was simply a meeting to um, a chance to sit down with the owner and and make sure that you know they were heading in the right direction. Um, but now he apparently wants to do that again after getting swept by the Pelicans um, in in the playoffs um, in the first round, no less. I mean, do y'all? Where do y'all think? Where do y'all think Damian Lillard's head at? I mean, me personally, I, I feel like if I'm Damian Lillard, I'm in my prime, and I don't see a pathway to get to the finals with this squad. Um, I'm certainly, you know, I would certainly be interested in playing with a guy like LeBron James. Um, so, you know, I, I, we, it would be interesting to see what kind of package it would necessarily take. I definitely think eight, if if Damian Lillard said I want to be traded, I definitely think eight and Kevin Love could get it done. I feel like that's honestly maybe like a little too much. Um, yeah, I did send them the eight. Yeah, well, you mean you got to send matching salary. No, you'd have to give them someone like, else. Yeah, see, I would send them like eight. George Hill, as far as he's on an expiring contract, essentially, he's got a million-dollar buyout the year after next. Um, and then, you know, maybe like a, a Jetty Oseman, somebody who's like a young wing player um, who you could, like, yeah, work but... into your system. Um, maybe like a Larry Nance, um, another young player. Um, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't – not that I'm, like, would be married to keeping Kevin Love because I think he presents a lot of problems defensively. Um, but you know, like I, I would want to get, I feel like giving up love and the number eight pick would just be a little much, but nevertheless, the the point of it, the point of all this is, um, where do you think this meeting is going to go with Lillard? And if you are Damian Lillard right now in your current situation, are you asking to be traded Luke? Um, let's see, I want to say I am. But I want to see all my options. Like, I don't want to make it known quickly, like, hey, I want to be traded, so there's no leverage. I want to get Portland. And I want to see how some teams shake out, because 
I'm, honestly, what I was thinking about it, like, right there, besides, I mean, Cleveland would be perfect for him if they kept LeBron and all that. But, I mean, yep. what other team can make that trade and be really good with Damian? I mean, Damian Lillard's a great player. Don't get me wrong, like, team anyone. But I'm trying to think Lakers. of a team that could pull the tr- – the Lakers could, but that's not going to take him – over the top. I mean, I'm trying to think like, oh, no. you, if you're I mean, Damien, well, you're wanting to get I, traded to contend right now. Like you said, you're in your prime, so you want to contend. Right. So now I'm thinking of contending teams that can pull up a straight. Well, Cleveland's only yeah, one. I, that's why I'd want to kind of shake it out and see what can happen. But honestly, dude, I would promote. If I was to go into them, I'd promote, hey, you go to Cleveland if they lose and tell them that I'm interested in going. You build around CJ. You get this eighth pick, make whatever else you want to happen. If we need to throw, we need to throw in a bad contract. They throw in some bad contracts, and then you know Kevin Love because they have some terrible contracts too. You know, let's make it work. But you know, that's the only team. But let's keep it between us, and that way LeBron can know. Well, hey, <clears throat> there's an actually star want to come out here and play with me. But I think <clears throat> they need to blow it up. They got to choose which guard. They don't want to be a Toronto where you're building around two guards and nothing else. So I right. think choosing one right now would be the best choice. What do y'all think about? Um, and obviously there would have to be other moving parts involved. Um, but essentially, like sending Lillard to the Timberwolves for Wiggins. Oh man, I would not want to do that if I'm Portland. That Wiggins is terrible, yeah. dude. I'm sorry. Wiggins is so bad. <laughs> like the only thing I see saving Wiggins is Toronto and them doing a handshake dance for Wiggins and DeRozan. And be like, hey, you can get your Canadian boy back in. Let him be Mr. Canada for you. You guys can love him. And we'll just take DeRozan's contract, and it'll be like, hey, no one even noticed that we did this. But I, I don't think Wiggins <laughs> really holds high trade value anymore. Like, him well, and, yeah, like I said, him there, would have to be other, kinda, there would have to be, last, kinda, there would have to be other pieces involved. Like, I feel like you would have to take – Essentially, what what I kind of had in mind was like Wiggins and Teague, um, and you would take on Evan Turner's contract and have to throw in the OKC pick. Um, but like that, that's not a, still not a terrible like uh, uh, Evan Turner's contract is fucking terrible. Um, but it's it's not really that much worse than Teague's. I mean, Teague is is a better. Hold on, it 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 is that much worse than Teague's because Teague is at least like a very viable starting caliber player, whereas Evan Turner is not even a sixth man. He's like a seventh man. Um, but uh, at least that would provide you like a wing player who can play the two and the three and even a little bit of one, so it gives you some depth. You get Lillard. Um, and, you know, uh, you have to give up the number 20 overall pick. But um, I don't know. I I, I kind of think that would be something to think about. Um, I just think, I mean, because CJ's not a true one, and if you get Wiggins or your package deal, you're basically getting a two. So you're getting CJ's spot. I think he's I mean, a Wiggins two or doesn't three. really play the three. Uh, I don't think he's like – he can't defend well. I mean – Already can't defend. Well, he can't defend, so he can't defend. <laughs> Yeah, but he definitely can't defend any of the bigger, any of the three. So I just think, yeah. like, that's also, if I'm Portland, that's kind of like, that's last, that's if it gets out that, hey, I'm Damian Lillard wants to get out, so we have no leverage. That's why I'm trying to say, like, if I'm Damian, I want to help out Portland. I don't want to screw them over. I love this city, you know, made me who I am and all that. But, you know, let's work together. Like, you guys, 
either A, trade CJ. This is what I'm thinking about saying. You either trade CJ and build around me and get me something good, and this could be it. Or B, just trade me and build around CJ and get you the best thing possible. I mean, do let me help you guys and not show out there that I'm very disgruntled, like a Spurs kind of situation with Kawhi, that, yeah, they have leverage, but they really don't because Kawhi is very disgruntled unless they sign him for a Supermax and he gets traded with that. But really, I mean, the Spurs situation, they're kind of on on the back end of the stick. I mean, Kyrie kind of with the Cavs, I mean, they got the best trade possible with the Celtics. I mean, we, we could give them the best, but, I mean, in the end, it wasn't the greatest thing for them, but that's what happens when teams find out that their disgruntled star doesn't want to doesn't want to play for their team anymore. So that, yeah, that pulls a lot. So that's why I keep hush. I let some free agents work their ways out, see what I can do, and say, hey, here's the team that I think that I could get traded to and get blah, 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 blah for him if you want to. Yeah. Uh, Jawan, um, what are your thoughts? Lillard, uh, if you were Lillard, would you would you want – the trade, um, and if so, do you have any? Do you have any possible, you know, destinations that you would like to see him land? Um, well, you know, my answer is always going to be the the Knicks, the it's New York Knicks, be my <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, but y'all no, you guys can pull it off. Walker. You could pull Y'all go get your hometown boy, Kimba. Like, that's that's more realistic. Hey, that's, that's what I'm hoping for, Nick. That's what I'm hoping for. But because uh, yeah. I know we're low on time, so I'll say quickly. Um, Damian Lillard a thousand percent is leaving. Anytime a player has a meeting about their future and what they, you know, what they're asking you, what are you going to be doing as a, as a franchise? And a few months later, they say they need to have that same meeting. If I'm an organization, what I told you then isn't going to be any different than what I tell you now. I think Damian Lillard knows that. So I think this meeting is more so of a, how about you put feelers out around draft night and see if you can send me somewhere? Or if not, because Damian Lillard knows that team does not have that much money to, to work with, um, and big names aren't trying to go to Portland. They're not breaking through to try to get to Portland. Uh, I think if you're Damian Lillard, your best chance at winning a championship will not be playing as a trailblazer. Uh, no. I think he understands that. I think it's really bugging him seeing Curry – go to his fourth straight finals uh, with the chance to win, what, three or four? Was it three? Yeah, yes, chance sir. to win three. Um, I think that really bugs him. Seeing Durant get his first, seeing LeBron go to his ninth straight. Um, so I think if I'm Lillard, I'm definitely, I definitely need to be traded. And if anywhere in particular, I, I would say if I can make a phone call and see if LeBron's definitely staying and then kind of get the Trailblazers to call Cleveland first to get that pick, uh, and then I can kind of stay there with LeBron. Uh, that would be my, my number one option. If not, I don't really know. I'd have to kind of look at the landscape. Uh, but he's definitely leaving because to ask for another meeting, knowing that the team isn't going to tell you anything, any dif- anything drastically different than what they just told you four months ago, yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely leaving. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way. Real quick before we go, um, I threw this out uh, the other day. and I don't remember if I sent it to y'all on the thread or not. Um, but, of course, you know, there was the reports that um, Carl Anthony Towns was unhappy in, in Minnesota. Um, so I, I kind of threw this, this little trade out there. And, and Minnesota would be make a few other, other moves as well. But essentially – 
Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma uh, for uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Um, and then if you're the Lakers, you sign Paul George, you sign LeBron James, uh, and then you trade Lonzo Ball uh, for Kemba Walker. <laughs> like that's that's my new that's my new fun trade uh, like free agency uh, um, scenario. So essentially, you, you, if you're the Lakers, you'd be totally revamped. You'd have uh, Kemba Walker, Josh Hart. Um, uh, uh, Paul George, um, LeBron James, and Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, w- just really quickly, um, what do you what do you think about in essence just of of the trade in general? Um, if you're Minnesota, you have Gorgie Jang, who's more than capable of playing your starting center. Um, you don't have a, a long term power forward, um, and if you got Brandon Ingram, that would totally free you up to move Wiggins. Um, I don't know what I mean. What do What do you think about that as far as a, a trade scenario, Luke? Would you Would you trade Carl Anthony Towns if you could get two young stars, or is Carl Anthony Towns just too invaluable to give up for that? I would want more. So you want to um, go oh, okay. I, I would like want maybe, more if I was Minnesota. I think they are getting the best end of the deal, getting a Kuzma and an Ingram, but I still don't think that they're proven enough for what Carl Anthony Towns is a. Third all NBA team players, so and and also, yeah. so I'd want more. I'd want a couple of draft picks. I, I have one kind of quick that I was going to throw out. Like it's the same thing with Cat. Uh, if I just have to throw, uh, I was saying, and this would be a, a kind of back burner, but Brown, Terry Rozier, you can get your either Sacramento or a Memphis pick for Carl Anthony Towns, because that I think would be a good switch switch. Between the two Ooh, you're right. after I started to play, I'm willing to yeah, give up Brown I mean, after these playoffs. The way the way everything crumbled on me, I love the kid to death, but we're definitely going to need wing space to free up things, and we can get yeah. Kyle Anthony Towns and go Kyrie, Gordon, Tatum, yeah. Horford at the four, Cat, and then you have Morris and Smart. We can resign so. But well, let me ask I think you about Minnesota this. wants a dream package, and and like, and they 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 want everything. They'd want Lakers to probably yeah. give up Lonzo too, and that. Yeah, they're uh, my 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 best guess would be if they even entertain offers, it's going to be similar to all of the offers that um, Phil Jackson made for for Kristaps Porzingis last year. Like just ridiculously insane offers that nobody was going to even like come close to accepting. Um, but uh, what do you think? Uh, just real quickly, what do you think about the latest report that um, the Celtics are interested in trading up for to uh, select Mo Bamba? Uh, I I like it because we do need a center, and I think Obama has a lot, but I don't know what I want to give up for him. I mean, if you go to Memphis, what are you going to give him? Brown, because they're not going to want Rozier because they have technically a poker, so what are you giving him? Brown and the Sacramento pick for Obama. I'd rather just keep Brown and the Sacramento pick. No, 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 no. That's way too much. Like, honestly, see, it sucks that it's number one protected. Like, that's the biggest thing is, like, I feel like – I feel like you would be better off saying, Philly, we'll give you back that pick. We'll take number 10 and package number 10 with like a Rozier to Orlando if he slips to six. And then we'll take Mo Bamba for essentially like Rozier and 10. Um, Like I feel like that would maybe be your better scenario. There's no way I'm giving up Jalen Brown and uh, a potential lottery pick for – 
for uh, Mobamba. Just no. no. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. <clears throat> I I I'm not as high on Mobamba as most, um, just because of the way the league is going. And he, I mean, he's he's like a Rudy Gobert type, and we saw what Houston was able to do to Gobert. Um, but uh, I mean, I definitely think for the right price, I mean, he could be a, a great guy for that lineup. Uh, Juwan, you get final thoughts. Uh, thoughts on any of the shit that was just thrown out there? <laughs> um, I would say if I'm if I'm Boston, I would entertain if uh, Timberwolves uh, would listen. I would I would put up there Rozier and Brown. Uh, as much as I love Brown, Rozier kind of faded a little bit on me in this uh, this last series. Uh, Brown is someone that the only person I would trade him for is Carl Anthony Towns. I wouldn't even think of any anyone trading him for anyone else. I would hold on to him because that's just a really special talent. If not offensively, because he did struggle, defensively that guy can guard. Yes. Um, yes. But I would give him up for Carl Anthony Towns every day of the week. Um, if I'm Lakers, you know how I feel about Lonzo. I would not let go of Lonzo. Um, but I would let go of Ingram I, in, in a I would say this. Yeah, I would say this. The only way that I would be letting go of Lonzo is if I was getting LeBron because I don't feel like they pair the best together. And I feel like if Kevin Walker would pair really great with LeBron. And if you had, like, if you had a team of, like, Kimba Walker, Josh Hart, Paul George, and Carl Anthony Towns, all guys who can shoot threes. I don't know Josh Hart's clips, um, but I feel like he was, like, relatively decent, like maybe – mid to late thirties as far as his, his three point percentage. Um I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like I would do it in that particular scenario. Um I wouldn't do it otherwise though. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. But it, except for that situation, I would never, if I'm magic, let go of Lonzo because he has potential to be such a great talent for that team. He does. Uh just just as far as just orchestrating that, that offense. Um, cause I, you know, I, I think he's just such a special player. Um, but yeah, no cat, I, I think should want to, uh, scratch and claw his way out of there, especially if they don't get rid of, uh, Thibodeau. Uh, he has to want out of there. Um, yeah, get rid that, of Thibodeau and, and Wiggins. Yes. Yes. If I'm cat, that is the first thing I'm asking of the Because Wiggins is taking, if I'm cat, Wiggins is taking my shots and Thibodeau's already running me into the ground. I've played 82 games yeah. in three consecutive seasons. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And he definitely didn't see the ball enough in that in that uh, first series in round one. So yeah, he definitely yeah. has to want to get out of there. And if I'm him, I'm coming to New York to team with Porzingis, and that's all I have to ah. say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you would. Um, all right, fellas, let's wrap it up. Uh, thank you, uh, Luke, for joining me and Jawan as well. And shout out to Joel uh, who had to leave a little early. Um, what what we got coming down the pipes, Juwan? Uh, stay tuned. Stephen D. Knight, uh, the director, pretty much the showrunner of Daredevil season one on Netflix, yeah. and the director of the most recent um crap, can't remember that movie. Uh, Pacific Rim. Stay tuned. We will yeah. be having an interview with him within the next three weeks. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Excellent. That sounds awesome. And we will be back next Monday. We'll be recapping uh, everything that's uh, happened since then, any ongoing news stories, and, of course, uh, the finals games that have been played. Uh, But until then, uh, thank you for joining Full Court Press, and we'll see you later. Peace. Peace.